Make sure to give my dad a five-star review. Get, make sure to like and subscribe to his YouTube. And thank you for listening and enjoy the show. show. <laughs> you know, the kids are sitting on his lap. Santa is asking these kids, have you been good? I think that implicates the Fifth Amendment, you know, privilege against compelled self-incrimination. Right? Like, what are you going to do? Like, think about it, right? You're there. And what are you going to do? These are your choices. A, you lie to Santa. That's bad. Right? Santa's going to know. B, you say, yes, I've been bad. Um, or C, you say, I'm just going to be quiet about this and not answer Santa's question, in which case Santa's going to know. So that's not actually all that unlike the cruel trilemma that is the historical, um, you know, antecedent and reason for the Fifth Amendment privilege against compelled self-incrimination. Hey, welcome back, Faithful Politics listeners and viewers. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, I am your political host, Will Wright, and your faithful host, Josh Bertram, is... I don't know where he is, actually. Um, but <laughs> this week, we are um, joined by one of the smartest minds in the legal world that I know, um, Karina Lane, who I think this is probably your fourth or fifth appearance, so... Um, a couple times, and you must not know many other lawyers. Then, if you think I'm, I'm in. There's a lot of smart. Well, lawyers. I mean, <laughs> I do, um, but um, I still maintain that you're one of the the brightest minds and most charismatic and personable and nice. And I mean, I can go on and on, but you know, this this isn't so much about you as it is about the issue that we're talking about today, and that is <clears throat> Santa Claus. So we we don't do too many. Christmas episodes of the podcast, but we thought we'd make an exception given, you know, sort of the, the light that's being shined on all these different special subcommittees and Congress and all the different, you know, uh, top secret files being found at Mar-a-Lago and everything. So we, we thought we would focus on probably one of the, the biggest and most famous criminals in um, modern history, and that is uh, Chris Kringle, or a.k.a. St. Nicholas or AKA Santa Claus. Uh, we all know he's the, he's the head of a global crime syndicate. Um, <laughs> but what we, what we may not know is the depths and the extents of his crime. So um, we're hoping that, that uh, Karina can help us unpack, you know, some of the potential crimes that may have been committed by this red suited grandma trampling fugitive. Um, and uh, we're, we're really excited to have her on. So, Hey, thanks for being here again, Karina. I have to say, um, of all the podcasts, and we've we've had some serious subjects. Um, this one is just a lot of fun, so I'm very happy to be here and, uh, yeah, spend this time with you, poking around, thinking about what crimes Santa <laughs> has committed or will commit. Um, yeah. And I have to say, as a former prosecutor, um, I I feel like this proviso is very important. Um, as a former prosecutor, I personally would use my prosecutorial discretion to let Santa skate on all of these potential crimes because I do not want to end up on the naughty list. Um, and it's kind of marginal already. So, you know. Yeah. So, sure. um, I mean, we, we have a lot of, we have a lot to cover and we got some really great questions from uh, folks from our uh, associated Facebook group 
uh, page, but but may- maybe we we kind of start kind of from the beginning. So we know that Santa Claus lives in um, the North Pole, allegedly, um, and um, he has to travel all around the globe, you know, doing doing his crimes, um, and um, you know, maybe just for the purpose of you know um, your expertise, we'll 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 keep all of the crimes within sort of the, the borders of, of the United States. Um, but, but, uh, but is, is Santa flying from the North pole to the United States a crime? I mean, pretty much probably, you know, (laughs) um, (laughs) so one of the things about the criminal law is, uh, you have to have criminal intent. And um, so that might knock out a lot of what we have to say, although, you know, some of the intent is just I mean, some criminal laws don't have uh, intent mens rea requirements and other ones are like, you know, if you did it purposefully, well, then it's satisfied. Um, So, again, another proviso. But, yeah, let's think about that. I mean, you'd start with the transportation offenses and it's like, does Santa have a license? Like, does he have a license to fly? Because if he doesn't have a license to fly, mm. then he's in violation of a bunch of federal aviation, you know, <laughs> FAA regulations. Um, he has to have a pilot certificate to fly the the air airwave. Um, uh, and I think it's a federal, yeah, it's a federal crime punishable by three years mm. if you're flying um, anything in the air without a proper license that holds people. So, you know, that's just Santa. And then there's the sleigh. Yeah. Like, is the sleigh airworthy? I mean, I think it is. It seems to have been working for a long time. But he would be, Santa would be subject to other FAA laws if the vessel he was flying was not properly licensed, which I bet it isn't. I mean, and also, um, even if he is licensed, he has to register himself on a pilot list. He has to register his aircraft. Um, He has to post a copy of the registration and the airworthiness certificate um, where other um, people can uh, find it. It has to be displayed in the cabin or cockpit entrance. Um, (laughs) There's regulations for any aircraft's baggage. It has to be secure. Um, it has to be in a baggage compartment, which, like, is that the back of a sleigh? Well, it's kind of, like, open. It's, like, open. So, it's kind uh, of open. I don't know. I'm thinking the FAA might have a problem with this, actually. Yeah. Now, now, um, now uh, I, I, I do, I do have, have, have sort of a follow-up question. So, the, um, like, NORAD tracks Santa. So would that imply that he's got some sort of ability to be tracked or something like that? And would that would that help his case? I don't think it would help his case. I think it would hurt his case, right? Because they're like, there he is. He's out in the airwaves. But, you know, the fact that they're tracking Santa makes me think of another um, offense, and that's speeding. Mm. Like, you know, the area of the earth... 196.9 million square miles. Santa travels around the globe in one night, which I think that means he's going approximately <laughs> 8.2 million miles per hour. 
surely that's got to violate some law. Yeah, I mean, I mean, is is there like because I know so if I if I fly from Virginia to Seattle on a whatever plane, the plane goes I don't know like or five hundred miles an hour, um, like. Like, are there are there speed limits? <laughs> I mean, surely there are, right? Like, uh, surely going a million miles an hour is over some <laughs> FAA reg. And, you know, the other thing about tracking <laughs> that makes me think of is um, Santa is violating, you know, aside from, like, the whole licensing thing and speeding, Santa is violating all kinds of FAA rules. So um, federal law requires that aircraft not travel um, below 400 feet ex- mm. of the earth, except for of the ground, except for landing um, or uh, obviously taking off. So I'm like, you know, Santa going rooftop to rooftop. Mm. I think that's a serious problem. He's definitely going below the 400 feet. Yeah, right? yeah, it wouldn't make sense for him to like go on a roof and then go up. <laughs> and yeah, come, he's got to land, so he's violating that repeatedly. Um, and then there's restricted airspace, mm. um, places over DC, mili- military installations, nuclear power plants. All of those are restricted um, public use. I think you can get certain, you know. Um, exemptions but it's the public can't just fly over those areas it's oh. restricted but santa santa just santa just does what he wants yeah how how much how much of the airspace above our house do we own stay with us we'll be right back hey there josh bertram here faithful host of the faithful politics podcast i want to let you know about a compelling new spinoff the Faith Roundtable, where I'll be interviewing top faith leaders, theologians, and scholars to unpack the pressing issues that are shaping the church in America today. We'll dive into topics like faith in public life, social justice, and how we can engage our communities more effectively. Make sure you don't miss any of our enlightening conversations by subscribing to it on our YouTube channel. Join me at the Faith Roundtable, where deep discussion meets thoughtful insight. That is a really good question. <laughs> Actually, it's um, really interesting because some students and I were talking about that this semester in criminal procedure. Um, because there's a, I mean, this is another thing. If if we if we say that Santa has some sort of government action, that the Constitution applies to Santa, which I agree is a debatable <laughs> proposition. But if that's true, then um, trespassing onto property, just going onto property, whether or not it's trespass, we haven't even gotten to the property law offenses, Mm -hmm. but actually going onto the property with the intent to gain information um, would be a search. So, you know, how far up does airspace go that it's still your property? I don't know. But for (laughs) sure, Santa is going below the 400 foot. He has to. Yeah, that's so tracking yeah, that's what, him. I think is pretty incriminating, don't you? Yeah. Think? Okay. So uh, I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of keeping a, uh, a sort of ru- running toll of uh, years in prison um, as you're <laughs> as you're mentioning uh, because I want to I want to get a sense of how if should Santa actually be convicted 
and have to serve time in the Hague or what have you. Um, <laughs> I just want to know how many years we're not going to have Christmas. So I think um, the kids would bust them out. <laughs> they probably would. Uh, uh, that's what I think. <laughs> they probably would. I think they would. wouldn't have so, any of it. <laughs> so uh, um, um, kind of switching gears here a little bit. Um, okay, so he flies from North Pole. He gets to her house. And now he has to get inside of her house. Um, you know, the the rumor is, you know, traditionally he goes down a chimney, but not all houses have chimneys. So, mm-hmm. so like, you know, there's probably, I don't know, it goes through the garage or through the front door or uh, some, somehow or another he enters into our home. Mm-hmm. So, so what are, what are some of the criminal implications of, of that? Yeah. Um, so there's plenty of crimes and, you know, by the, before we get there, can I just mention two mm-hmm. others? Yeah. Um, there's potential animal welfare. This is still in the transportation area. Like mm-hmm. we have to really think about those reindeer, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the animal animal well, welfare act requires that um, animals not be deprived of adequate food, water, shelter, mm-hmm. um, rest, care, and they have to be protected from excessive heat or cold. So I don't know exactly what Santa does, but Santa's moving really fast. And nobody's talking about Santa giving his reindeer a break. And they're carrying all of that weight. Mm. So I think there's a potential problem there. And then also, by the way, by the before we leave, you know, before Santa packs everything up, I think Santa's probably in violation of some child welfare laws. <laughs> right? Like, who are those elves? Are they kids? If they're kids, how old are they? How long do they work? Is Santa's shop a sweatshop? Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's like, true. I mean, and, and also, like, is there, uh, like, like, are there any sort of equal opportunity, you know, violations? Because, I mean, one, they're, they're all elves. So, like, where's the diversity? Um, I believe, I mean, I haven't seen too many female elves either. Um, and... All of them are white. Mm. <laughs> mm, that's a good point. I know. Yeah, you're right. There could be some some kind of something there. And we know that that it's, you know, not necessarily an inclusive shop mm. because, you know, Rudolph. And I think there was a, like, Rudolph was not accepted. Rudolph was different. And Rudolph was an outcast. That's the story. Um, but wasn't there also um, an elf that was, you know, outcast and he was sent to the to the island of misfit toys? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, 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 and it's hard. It's hard to really sort of, like, brush off, like, Buddy the elf um, who, right. was, who was sent to New York to find his real father. Right. Mm. So, I mean, I think you're right. We need to talk about what actually happens at the house because that's its own slew of, you know, potential incrimination and danger for Santa. Mm. But, you know, just before he even leaves and just getting around. Oh, by the way, what about customs? <laughs> like, you know, unless, like Santa's coming from the North Pole. I assume that's somewhere in Canada. I don't know where that is. <laughs> But, you know, he's coming into the United States. He's going everywhere. Is he filling out customs forms? Is he declaring? Is mm-hmm. he paying duty on that stuff? I don't think so. Yeah. So so, so breaking okay. and entering? Uh, what, what, what do you got uh, there? 
Okay, so when you get to the when you get to the home, there's several things. Um, so the first one I think of is trespass, right? Just trespass is going on to your property without permission. Well, does Santa have permission? Like, and what does it mean for Santa to have permission? Like, and does Santa ask permission? Like in my house, Santa kind of has permission. We leave a plate of cookies and milk. And generally a couple carrots, too. <laughs> really? Carrots? not taking care of them. But what about, you know, so like maybe there's an implied invitation there and it wouldn't be trespass. I don't know. What do you do in your home? Um, yeah, so we um, we normally crank the fire up really high in our fireplace because we are very uh, Santa averse um, oh. in, our, in our home. And uh you know, generally we, you know, make sure all of our security cameras are on and, you know, we've got, we've got rounds and, uh, you know, and the weapons. Because <laughs> uh, okay. uh, funny, funny story, actually, like my, uh, my, my youngest six-year-old recently uh, came to us and was like, like, okay, <clears throat> is Santa real? Just, just, just be honest with me. Like, <laughs> like I just want to know. And then, and then, and then we, we told him, so spoiler alert, if, if you got kids in the room, like we, we told him like Santa wasn't real. And, uh, Wait, it's what? All, <laughs> that's what, Oh, I'm, I'm no, stop. <laughs> no, Will, you're laughing. Santa's totally real. Santa, the spirit of Christmas is totally real. Yeah, Santa's I, I, there. My, 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 my wife and I, Stan, was like, you know, daddy works way too hard to have like this like white dude come in and like take the credit. So like, no, like okay. we're, we're just going to play it to them straight. Um, so maybe, I mean, he may be real. But, like, he'll yeah. never make his way into our house is all I'm saying. Okay. Well, certainly not with the fire going. Well, you know, your house is a perfect example mm. of this that, you know, for your house, you're like, I'm not inviting you in. Mm. And so that would definitely, like, the first thing that's happening is trespass. And the rule is that members of the public can use um, the means of uh, ingress and egress. So if you have... You know, what What does it take to get to your front door, right? Like the front sidewalk that goes up to your door. Members of the public can do that. Um, just as Scalia famously said, you know, that, um, you know, the police can do anything a Girl Scout can do. So I always think, you know, of a Girl Scout, you know, could a Girl Scout come up to your home? I mean, you might not buy cookies from the said Girl Scout, but like, yes, right? You could go up, you could knock on the door. So that much is not trespassing unless you have signs up. Mm. that say no trespassing, which I think people do, right? Like Mm -hmm. some people do. But even aside from that, um, you know, Santa is not just going up to your front door and using the front walk. I mean, think about this. Santa is landing Mm -hmm. on the roof of your home Mm. with all of that weight and all of those reindeer. You know, that's got to damage some shingles, You know, Mm -hmm. like that's a separate thing is potential property damage Mm -hmm. um, that happens. But just, you know, going somewhere on your private property that, you know, you don't have permission and there's not a general, um, you know, generally accepted permission, that would be trespassing. And then there's more. Um, So another one that, oh, oh, by the way, before we get to trespassing, there's also um, trespassing of animals. So, like, you can't – you are also responsible 
for any damage that occurs if you take an animal on someone else's um, property. And I, again, you know, I'm thinking those reindeer might cause some damage, possibly. Um, so there's like regular trespass. There's trespass of animals. But is, is this like is like if they go to the bathroom or something like on your roof? I mean, don't you think they have to? <laughs> I don't imagine I don't so. Think they have to. You know, uh, by the way, um, I think I forgot this one. Um, but yeah, the Reindeer Act of 1937 mm. prohibits um, non-native Indians from owning a herd of reindeer in Alaska. Mm. Chris Kringle is not... <laughs> Right, like Santa is not Santa's got red hair, like I do or have. Yeah. Um, but you know, so I'm like, uh, you know, Santa's even even having the herd of reindeer is not allowed, mm. at least in Alaska. But is he? Um, I mean, like, is he? Is he? Like, I'm, 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 I'm trying to think. Like, okay, Santa presumably, like, predates indigenous people, so. Could 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 an argument be made that, you know, he's he's native? Yeah, I think you could. I think you could make that argument. But you know, like, what is native? Because he might have predated the act, and maybe he'd be grandfathered in. That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, but I think the native. Uh, you know, um, American uh, Alaskan uh, mm-hmm. Indians were probably there before him, right? Yeah, like he came over. He's got red hair and mm. you know, blue eyes and light skin. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess now he's got white hair, but whatever. Um, okay, so back to your back to your um, property offenses. So we've talked about um, we've talked about trespass. Um, the other one I think of is unlawful entry. Mm. So there's unlawful entry and there's breaking and entering. And breaking and entering is in some sense um, an obvious one. You're like, oh, he totally breaks, you know, mm. breaks the plane of the home by yeah. opening a door, opening a window, coming down the chimney. Mm. Um, and he's entering, right? The only thing about that, and that's a felony, Mm -hmm. the only thing about that is that breaking and entering actually is a specific intent crime. So it's not just breaking and entering, it's breaking and entering with the intent to commit a felony inside. Mm. So what is the felony that he commits inside? Most of the time, um, uh, it's going to be larceny, you know, uh, coming in and and stealing stuff, right? That's burglary. (laughs) Um, I've had a case where it was um, coming inside to destroy. This was an ex-girlfriend, but whatever. Um, But coming inside to destroy property. um, And that counted as not only the destruction of property, but also the breaking and entering. So, you know, I'm not sure what the intent of Santa is to commit which, you know, crime once inside. I don't think it's larceny right like i don't think he's taking anything if anything mm. he's leaving things yeah i, I mean it, it's like <clears throat> if i find if i found somebody's wallet on the street and i you know looked at their driver's license got their address went to their house kicked down their door and said here's your wallet mm. <laughs> like like would 
would I be charged with anything um, or what or would, you know, the owner of that house have to, you know, um, I don't know, like file a lawsuit against me or something? No, you could. Well, first of all, you'd probably get shot. Because <laughs> um, this is America. It's um, <laughs> but aside from that, um, uh, no, I mean you wouldn't you wouldn't be charged with breaking and entering. You would be charged with unlawful entry and destruction of property. Mm. So unlawful entry, um, which I think I mentioned a couple minutes ago, right? Like there's unlawful entry and there's breaking and entering. Breaking and entering, which seems like the most obvious fit, is actually a little harder. But unlawful entry, that that totally fits. It fits in your home like a glove. Like mm-hmm. trespassing, you just go on your roof and you've trespassed. You go into your yard, your backyard, you've trespassed. But unlawful entry is going into someone's home without mm-hmm. permission. Um, and so I think there's definitely an unlawful entry charge that could be made there. Um I just don't think that Santa is being all that careful in seeing where he has permission and where he does not. Um, and then, of course, there's destruction of property. There's that. Um, there's another one that I was thinking of, too, which is intrusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so in certain states, it's uh, they call it intrusion. Um, and I think they call it invasion of privacy in other places, but they're basically the same thing. And the idea is, you know, peeping, snooping, prying into private places, getting information. Like you can't just go up and, you know, press your, <laughs> press your hand, you know, head against someone's window and be like looking in. Um, and like, you can't do that. That's like an invasion of privacy. So, um, so you've definitely got that. I mean, people do private things in their homes. What if Santa like walked in on someone mm-hmm. <laughs> doing something, <laughs> you know, like that, that, you know, that would embarrass Santa and mm-hmm. would embarrass the owners or occupants of that home. Um, so I think you've got a, a, a peeping or intrusion, um, invasion of privacy. Who, who has, who has like the burden of proof to, uh, like so you know unlawful entry like if if i invite somebody in my house um but then later don't want them in my house mm-hmm. and kick them out you mm-hmm. know and they don't want to leave like mm-hmm. i feel like that's that's different than you know me just not inviting somebody at all and they and they come into my house yeah it totally is Um, But I had a number of cases, actually. Um, They were domestic violence cases. And um, uh, uh, I can think of one in particular. She's on the phone with 911. And and she tells the guy, uh, her boyfriend, she's like, get out. And he's, you know, swearing at her and doing these things. And she's like, I want the police to come here to get him to leave. He won't leave. I'm telling him to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were able to prosecute that case just on the 911 call because mm-hmm. he he had been invited in, uh, but there was an altercation and she said, get out. And he wouldn't leave. And he was charged and convicted, I believe. Yeah. Uh, with unlawful entry. So, um, you know, unlawful entry is that sort of lighter, um, you know, form 
of uh, of a of a breaking and entering or an, an or an unlawful entry, and the courts will take that into consideration. Like, well, I I I was invited in, I just didn't leave when I was supposed to. <laughs> um, it's the same crime, but they'll take that into consideration in sentencing. Yeah, and and it, and if Santa gets hurt, so you know, like in my um, case, I've got like a roaring fire in my fireplace. He comes down the chimney. He gets like third degree burns, what have you. Um, like, That's on who, him, man. <laughs> is is it so like that there's no there's no like culpability on on my end to have to worry about you know his his safety uh, reckless nuisance like maintaining a nuisance could you be um in you know so that's more of a tort i think you're fine i think you know so there might be like some reckless endangerment stuff but that would be what santa does that wouldn't be anything that you do um in your home but so i I think he's okay there. You know, the other one I thought about um, was threats. You know, so you've got the intrusion. And I was thinking he sees you when you're naughty. He sees mm-hmm. you when you're nice. He knows mm-hmm. if you've been bad or good. Like, that's totally intrusion because most of us have been naughty. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Can we just agree on that? Mm-hmm. So if he's seeing everything, then... You know, I think you've got that. But then he says, um, you better not cry. You better not pout. (laughs) Like, that's a potential threat. What's he going to do? Like, he's going to withhold, you know, the best, you know, day of the year goodies Uh from kids. You know, I think I think that's a a potential threat of Uh harm um, to one's property. How about, how about like property to be hope like for property. harassment, you know, like if he puts oh. coal in your stocking. Oh, yeah. Oh, you could get into defamation. Now, <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking now about the criminal law, but right. Like if I got coal, I'd be like, no, that is wrong. <laughs> Even though inside I'd be like, yeah, well, it wasn't really the best year. Um. So there's that, you know, and then I was thinking this goes back to, um, you know, this goes back to, you know, whether or not uh, Santa would count as a as a state actor and the Constitution would apply, which, again, I, you know, I admit, I concede that's a little bit iffy. But, you know, Santa's asking these kids, you know, the kids are sitting on his lap. Santa is asking these kids, have you been good? I think that implicates the Fifth Amendment, you know, privilege against compelled self-incrimination. <laughs> Good point, right? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Like, think about it, right? You're there. And what are you going to do? These are your choices. A, you lie to Santa. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Right? Uh, Santa's going to mm-hmm. know. B, you say, yes, I've been bad. Um, or C, you say... I'm just going to be quiet about this and not answer Santa's question, in which case Santa's going to know. So that's not actually all that unlike the cruel trilemma Mm. that is the historical, um, you know, antecedent and reason for the Fifth Amendment privilege against compelled self-incrimination. The whole point is your choices are really, really bad, right? (laughs) When you get called to the witness stand, this is like getting called to the witness stand, only it's Santa and not a Mm. courtroom. So yeah. I think there's serious issues there. Could you, could you, so like, could you, um, you know, invoke your fifth amendment, but also tell <laughs> Santa what, what you want for Christmas? Could you have a limited invocation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, um, you could say I refuse to answer that question on the grounds that it may incriminate me. <laughs> and and yeah, then you could say, but also I would like XYZ. <laughs> um, because that doesn't incriminate you. Um, and doesn't go to the deeds that are the topic of your invocation. Mm. Um, I don't know how well that's going to work out for you, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. No, you, know, you could even have a, like, retaliatory claim <laughs> on something like that, right? right? If you didn't, I mean, I guess that would go into the coercion of, um, you know, the, the privilege against compelled self-incrimination. But I think there's a lot of that going on around Christmas time. People should beware. Yeah, and Be and careful. and you know, kind of in in, the, in that same vein, because I I hadn't really thought about like the the Santa element of having kids, you know, take pictures and mm-hmm. um, you know, incriminating themselves or not incriminating themselves, but like like if if you ask for you know a Red Ryder BB gun and It'll Santa help, gives help you dry out, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Santa gives you a water gun, you know, like <laughs> like is there is there any sort of like like, you know, law under the commerce clause, you know, <laughs> that like I asked for this with the expectation of getting this, um, but I got something different. You know, now we're getting into like product liability and contract <laughs> breaches and stuff like that. That's pretty far out of my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, it depends on what what the reasonable expectation is and was there an implicit contract, right? Like, was there a meeting of the minds that if I'm good, I'll get what I want for Christmas. Mm. And then if I were good, which again, right, that's iffy, Mm -hmm. but if I were good and didn't get what I want for Christmas, perhaps you might have some claim for, you know, a breach of implied contract, if everybody knows, like, think of a kid, right? They're like, looking at mom and dad, saying, all right, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a stretch for me. But I'm (laughs) going to be really good, at least in December. Mm. Right? But in exchange, I want X. Mm. And then you don't get it. I think they're going to feel like they've been duped. I feel like they're they would feel like there had been an implicit contract. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Yeah. You know, that gets into, um, you know, intellectual property laws, too. I hadn't really thought about that. But like Santa's making his own stuff, but he's branding it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's some brands going on. And if that stuff's not coming from Patagonia <laughs> or from like Apple, wherever, yeah. <laughs> then you've got some serious intellectual property violations which again is not getting you into criminal violations which is my wheelhouse mm-hmm. but i think there's still some pretty hefty costs to that you could get sued yeah are 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 the crimes that santa commit do they fall under like the rico the rico act or anything like that ah rico so you're talking about racketeering mm-hmm Oh, that's a really good one, Will. I hadn't thought about that. Um, so does does Santa's actions um, constitute a, a criminal enterprise? So you would need two acts, <laughs> um, which you've got plenty of those. <laughs> Is Santa, you know, directing, involving? I, I 
think he is. <laughs> I think he is. Um, is but what is the enterprise? I guess the enterprise is with his elves, right? It's mm-hmm. like conspiracy stuff. Yeah, there could be a conspiracy charge individually for each of these crimes too, because you're agreeing with another and making a plan mm-hmm. to commit a certain crime. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, for for every substantive crime, if if you do it with someone else, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times you'll pick up a conspiracy charge because the idea is y'all didn't just like show up and say, oh, <laughs> we're doing this. Mm-hmm. You talked about it beforehand. You agreed that you would do it at some point beforehand. It might have been in the parking lot, mm-hmm. you know, five minutes before you did the deed. But um, if there's a prior agreement then you've got a conspiracy charge. And Santa is definitely doing his acts. He couldn't do it by himself. And Mm -hmm. he's definitely directing um, this criminal enterprise. So, yeah, I think he's got RICO liability. (laughs) So so, so does... does, And he's crossing state lines, too. So, like, he's, he's in all of the federal laws. He's now bumped up from the state little state racketeering um acts. He's he's now going fed. Yeah. So could could Mrs. Claus have any uh criminal um liability? You know, the thing about Mrs. Claus is Mrs. Claus might claim marital privilege. Hmm. She would have a marital privilege of um to not testify um, about any, and Santa would have one um, to protect her as well, about any confidential communication. So it can't be around the elves. It has to be just between the clauses. Mm. Um, but um, any confidential communications that happen during their marriage. And then the other thing is um, Mrs. Claus would also have a spousal testimonial privilege. Mm. So like if Santa was on trial, the prosecution could not call Mrs. Claus to testify against Santa. Now, actually, that's not true. The, um, the, 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 the way the privilege works is the prosecution can call the spouse, but the, the, the spouse that is on the stand is the holder of the privilege. So the spouse on the stand can either invoke the privilege and then no one can make you testify against your spouse, mm. or they can waive the privilege Um, because that privilege is about um, maintaining marital harmony. Mm -hmm. And the Supreme Court has said, look, if one spouse is willing to testify against the other, well, then there's not much marital harmony (laughs) preserved. So we're going to let that happen. Um, So, you know, just to be accurate, the prosecution could call Mrs. Claus, but they couldn't compel her to testify. She could claim spousal privilege, and then she could claim um, marital communications privileges. And without... Mm -hmm. You know, without co-conspirators, um, without accomplice testimony, I don't know how you rope in Mrs. Claus, mm. right? Like, I think you need to turn an elf. Maybe you give an elf immunity. <laughs> Maybe you do something like that. Um, uh, or, you know, I suppose Santa could, but Santa's the big fish here. Yeah. Um, so, but I also think, you know, Mrs. Claus could be guilty if you could prove it. So I've been talking about issues of proof, 
But um, Mrs. Claus could be guilty of aiding and abetting, Mm. right? She's definitely part of the preparation or plan. She supports Santa in every way. Didn't she make the suit? I'm I'm fairly confident. Yeah, my my, my sources did. tell me. Yeah, I think she did, and I think she, I think she sends Santa off. Does she give him cookies beforehand? I can't remember. Yeah, one would imagine, but yeah, I, I don't have any positive proof about that. You know, here was the other thing I was wondering. Um, you know, does Santa take hot chocolate? You know, my um, girls, when they were little, asked me, which I thought was so sweet, what Santa wanted for Christmas. I told them Santa wanted a Starbucks gift card. (laughs) I told them, which I think Santa did. Mm -hmm. Um, I told them that, you know, Santa needs hot chocolate and um, Santa needs um, cappuccinos to Mm -hmm. stay awake. It's a long Mm -hmm. night. Mm Mm-hmm. He's pulling an all-nighter, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, you know, I've wondered, if Santa does have hot chocolate, is he spiking it a little bit? Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking of, like, a flask or something like that. If so, obviously, we run into an entire you know, other set of transportation crimes, mm. flying while um, under the influence, flying while um, having an open container laws, right? There could be all sorts of things. Yeah. So, so the, um, like, how about tax evasion, you know, um, with, with, um, you know, him, I don't know, receiving. Good one. All of the milks and cookies, but then also giving gifts. um, And specifically, I'm thinking like, you know, like you're not supposed to give really expensive gifts to people that work in the government, um, you know, like bribery and, and what have you. So, like, what, what, what are what are some of the, the, the criminal statutes there? I mean, why not bribery? <laughs> right. Like, why do you think Santa has never been prosecuted? <laughs> the only reason I can think of is that Santa's probably bribing the FAA officials. Mm. Maybe even the White House, because Santa's totally flying in restricted airspace over yeah. D.C., over the yeah. Pentagon, all of that stuff. Now it, like, now it's starting to click. Mm-hmm. It's all starting to make sense to me. It's got to be that Santa is, you know, bribing public officials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the only way he would have escaped. Also, so like there's that. I also wonder, and and I don't think he's paying taxes on things, but I really don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, it took a very long time to get a certain president's tax returns Mm. um, made public. So I think Santa has been even less transparent Mm. with Santa's taxes than that. Um, But, you know, Mm. you could have something like that. Um, yeah. Oh, what, what, what else was I thinking about? Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I was wondering, so, so like, cause there, there is like a gift limit, right? For federal mm, employees. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know that, know what that dollar worth is, but I, I'd imagine it's gotta be, you know, probably not, not a very big number. I'd imagine. Yeah. This is for tax write-offs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is a limit that you can give. Um, and 
you know, this does go back to the taxes. I'm sure he's exceeding the limit for the write-off. Is he paying taxes? Um, I just don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, don't, I, I doubt it. And... Has he registered his business? Hmm. Yeah. Like, has he done any of those things? I just... Hard, hard to say. So, does he qualify so... for corporate tax, for the corporate <laughs> income tax? <laughs> Now, do, now do, do you know? Do you know whether or not, like, the North Pole has like a extradition treaty? Um, you know that the U.S. like so, if the U.S. were to bring this case, you know, do they have mm. some way to bring him in front of a judge in the United States? Mm. Yeah, you definitely would need to extradite him, and extradition is a cooperative relationship between separate sovereigns. And generally, there are treaties, right, that um, say, you know, we'll, we'll extradite, you know, somebody uh, that is found uh, or apprehended on our grounds. We'll send them back to you. You do the same for us. There are exceptions to those treaties. So where um, uh, a crime or potential punishment um, violates... Uh, the the you know deeply held public policy of a sovereign. Sometimes they won't like. There's a there's an exception written into that agreement. So by the way, because um, I got to get death penalty in there because you know that's what yeah, I write yeah. about. <laughs> sure, but sure. Um, you know, so so there's definitely been cases where um, European nations have refused to extradite. Um, uh, accused murderers back to the United States where they would face the death penalty. And they'll just say, you know, we're against the death penalty. So we're not sending them back absent an assurance that you won't go for the death penalty. So there's all sorts of things like that. And it brings up the question, well, which is a really good question. Would, you know, would the North Pole send Santa to the United States? Um, I'm not so sure. I think Santa is, I think the North Pole has a vested interest in Santa, mm. right? I think um, the North Pole is probably getting a lot of, oh, what about mail fraud? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's probably a lot of mail. <laughs> and there's work going on there. And, you know, there's a whole production plant up there. So mm. I don't know. You know, I'm not entirely sure um, whether the North Pole would extradite. And that's, of course, just for financial reasons, not even thinking about, you know, some sort of like, you know, public policy. No, we really like Santa, which in the end, I think that's where we're going with all this. Yeah. Which kind of crimes, but which 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 kind of, which kind of leads me to think like um, how how fair would the jury selection process be? I mean, it's, it's hard to argue that, you know, people don't know who Santa Claus is and what he's, you know, what he does. Uh, so like, how, how, how would, how would you approach that? Well, there's Wadir, which could take a very, very long time. Um, uh, you know, it's taken months in certain cases, um, and to find a jury that's an impartial jury. And, you know, the, the law doesn't require that a juror hasn't heard about someone. The law requires that the juror could say, 
whatever I've heard will not prevent me from applying the law to the facts in a fair manner. So, you know, in the end, that's what all those questions go to. I don't know. I mean, everybody's heard of Santa. So I think you're not going to have, you know, I think you'd have a hard time seating a jury. The other thing is where you have high pretrial publicity, you could get a change of venue motion. But where are you going to, you know, where are you going to, where are you going to send them to? The whole world knows Santa. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think you might have a hard time seating a jury. Could, so could jurors should 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 request a jury? Should could could jurors um, accept Christmas presents from Santa? No, that would be an external influence. Mm. Yeah, you can't um, do you know have any external influences on the jury. So you can't, um, uh, a jury was very, very recently in a recent case was excused because the juror was in a drugstore just waiting in line and somebody behind them uh, said something about the case and the juror just overheard it, you know, but it was a juror in a big case and it was information that the juror didn't know mm-hmm. and the juror had to report that to the judge and then say, yeah, it kind of affects my views. Ah, gone. Hmm. <laughs> you know, um, so that would be an external influence. You might even pick up another charge for that, you know, for bribery, attempted bribery or um, obstruction of an official proceeding. Hmm. Um, if Santa's giving out gifts as he's want to do. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I read recently, I don't know if it's in the Washington Post or uh, New York Times, but there was a report about um, a person's grandma. Um, who was ran over by a reindeer. Um, and the way the story goes <laughs> is that they were they were walking home on Christmas Eve. Um, reportedly, they had too much eggnog and forgot their medication. Um, but they were found with hoof prints on their forehead and claw marks on their back. So the, the doctors, I think, expect for her to make a full recovery. But but I, <laughs> I but I'm curious, you know, what what sort of, again, criminal culpability um, Santa would have if you know, it's determined that he was the one responsible for, for grandma. I mean, so first of all, I would say the hoof prints are a really good clue. Mm. And we call that modus operandi mm. <laughs> evidence, <laughs> where it is evidence of an identity. We think of um, the mark of Zorro, mm-hmm. right? That's all like very distinctive. That's what I think the reindeer hooves, you know, I think mm. that's what's got going. And the crime is, is um, hit and run. Right. Yeah. You've got a clear hit and run there. Um, there's no way that Santa would have run over grandma without knowing it. Right. Mm-hmm. So Santa clearly knew the law requires Santa to stay at the scene. Um, and if someone is injured, um, whether or not they're asking for help or not, if someone is injured and you leave the scene, it's not just a misdemeanor hit and run. It then becomes a felony. So that could subject Santa to substantial penalties (laughs) and jail time. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So, so speaking about penalties and kind of wrapping things up, I'm curious, like, um, you know, he's been found guilty on a number of different um, offenses. um, And, you know, what, what considerations would a judge, you know, um, like take 
given that he, you know, may have a clean record, um, given his age, his race, his occupation, you know, like, <laughs> like, 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 what, like, would, would, would we expect the judge to throw the book at him or, or, or give him some leniency? I mean, isn't that the problem? Like, if the judge throws a book at him, he's going to be on the naughty list, mm. <laughs> like, forever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all the jurors, too. Um, but um, I think Santa has a very strong case in mitigation, right? Sentencing. So the the guilt or innocence um, phase of a, of a prosecution when it's not unilateral, when it's not all uh, prosecuted together, that's about the specific crime. Did you commit this particular crime? When you get to the sentencing phase, it's not just about the crime. It's also about the person and, mm. and the person's life. And the good that you do in your life should count for something just like the bad that you do in your life counts for something at sentencing. If you have a long record, you're going to get more time than if you had, you know, no record. But in Santa's case, you know, Santa not only has probably a clean record, you know, no record, but Santa has a generosity of spirit um, and has made children and, you know, you know, young and old alike, uh-huh. um, happy for generations. And, um, you know, so so Santa has the spirit of generosity. And I just have to say, if it were any time around Christmas, there's a spirit of grace, right, uh-huh. that just exudes um, the Christmas spirit. And so a judge may well be on both of those things. And, of course, with backdrop, I'm going to be on the naughty list. I think the judge gives Santa a suspended sentence and lets Santa go. Mm, interesting. That's what it, I think. I, I, I'm wondering if the um, political appointment of that judge would have any bearing on how they would rule. Because, like, in, in my mind, I, I keep thinking, like, you know, re, re, Republicans are all about, <laughs> you know, bringing Christmas back, you know, and, and uh, tis the season and, you know, and all this other kind of, like, uh, very grounded christian you know america's founded on christian ideals whatever you know and and i i envision like this oversight committee led by you know jim jordan questioning santa about like him him trying to like you know divert attention from like jesus's birth you know to to this this jolly guy uh so like do, do you think the political persuasion of the judge would have any impact on on their ruling Oh, you know, that's actually a really interesting question, because on the one hand, um, your more conservative um, thinkers are like, there's a war on Christmas, Uh right? This is bad. Uh Um, As you say, you know, bring Christmas back. Um, And so we've got to protect Santa. Uh On the other hand, to the extent you see... um, uh, you know, the conservative thinkers are are a complete or or partial overlap of, mm-hmm. um, you know, evangelical Christians. One might take a dimmer view of Santa, mm-hmm. right? Santa has commercialized Christmas mm-hmm. and taken the attention off of, you know, the birth of Jesus <laughs> and what this, um, you know, the the holy night that is Christmas and sort of turned it into a gift bonanza (laughs) of the year, um, which conservatives might not 
you know, take too kindly to. So, you know, what, what might seem at first glance to be like, oh, they're totally, you know, conservatives are totally going to give Santa a break. I'm not so sure. Um, the libs, on the other hand, you know, like, I, 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 you know, my, my gut says, eh, they're for de- decarceration, yeah. you know, they're, they're like, oh, this is all bad. Um, and so I don't, I don't think they're throwing Santa in. And besides that, everybody likes presents. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the libs even might say um, something to the effect of, look, You know, if this was a person from, you know, a person of color or a person from a black or brown community, black Mm -hmm. and brown communities, they would be put in jail. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, maybe we need to not cut Santa any breaks. (laughs) Do we love Santa because Santa's white? You know, like, (laughs) you know, like you could get into a whole existential (laughs) thing on this. Um, so I think you've got some cross-cutting currents there, but again, I just, I don't know, perhaps it's the spirit of hope in me. I, I think that in the end, the judge, you know, regardless of political persuasion, um, would see the good in Santa, despite mm. his many felonious acts. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, uh, so my, my, my last question is, um, what, what are you wishing, um, for, um, from Santa this, this year? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what am I wishing for? Well, you know, the things that I'd really like, I don't think I, I'm like a book contract. <laughs> okay. So there's that. I don't think that I, I think that Santa's not able to give me that. Um, having all my exams graded, eh, I, don't, I don't think I'm getting that one either. Um, so what would I like? Um, peace, health, you know, I, I, I don't know. You get to a certain place and it's like, yeah, I've got the stuff I need. Mm. Um, so it becomes more about, you know, family and, um, you know, joy and peace and the peace of the season. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you. (laughs) How about you? Oh, wait, um, me, uh, yeah, everything that you said. <laughs> I would. You want a book contract too? <laughs> I, I I I would say you know like uh, so my wife and I decided not to do presents this year, um, and um, you know we've got a our oldest child has um, some medical issues that we've been working through this this past year, and you know he's he's getting better. Um, so you know for us like that's that's just the the, the best gift that we could have. You know just having healthy mm-hmm. kids. So. Um, so I would say, you know, Santa, if you're if you're listening, just just keep on doing what you're doing, um, um, and um, yeah, don't come to my house. <laughs> and there's there's nothing like um, the big issues to put everything in perspective. Um, so you know, I wish you the very very best this holiday season and into 2023. Yeah, same to you. Thanks, thanks again, Karina, for all your expertise and. <laughs>